Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Abundantly Curious. I'm your host, Jerry Page Butner. This week, we're going to dive straight in because this is a solo episode. I have a confession to make. I was up until 4 a.m. last night because I did something I've been putting off for a really long time and downloaded TikTok because I had a feeling I might get caught up in this spiral of new information, and that feeling was correct. (laughs) But I was inspired by it for this episode. I got this creative urge, because while I was spiraling into TikTok, what really stuck out to me was the way that people's expression or thoughts or ideas, no matter how trivial, were received. I ended up diving into the comment section of a lot of people's posts, and I found so much judgment. It was alarming. It was shocking how much judgment people we are able to find in others, even when it's totally inconsequential. Before we dive in, I'd like to welcome you to the Abundantly Curious podcast, where we aim to spark curiosity, ignite inspiration, and open your mind to expand into possibility. Each week, we'll sit down with experts to dive headfirst into the magical, mysterious, and awe-inspiring elements of our world, with a focus on topics found at the intersection of science, spirituality, and self-help. Make sure you never miss an episode by hitting subscribe now and joining our email list at the link in our show description and show notes. Judgment for me has evolved as this thing that is really not helpful. I see it as a true blocker to curiosity, to creativity, and to creation. And I'm not just talking about communicated judgment where people are commenting on each other's posts and throwing stones, as I say. I'm also talking about the judgment that happens just within our own minds. Because, yes, it's clear that whenever we judge each other and throw stones, we're creating more separation. But we're also creating separation and removing expansion and possibility when we judge within our own minds. Judgment kills conversations before they even start. It kills creations before the idea was ever allowed to be born. It kills connections before we even see where there is room to create one. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I believe curiosity to be one of the biggest creators of growth, of expansion, of happiness, of evolution. And I think that curiosity is an art that many of us have lost or simply don't know how to create space for. So I'm here to bring it back. So while the topic of this conversation is judgment, in fact, the root, the heart of it is curiosity and all of the many things that come along with it and how we can create more of it. So here's the thing. Nothing is perfect. And yet judgment often comes from a place of moral high ground or good versus bad. This is the way versus not the way. There's good and bad in everything, positive and negative, light and dark, trade-offs, pros and cons. Our judgments are strengthened by our perception that there is no overlap that it's an either or, black or white, right or wrong situation. This is the way to do things, and this is not the way to do things. 
This is where I invite you to an exploration of a different way of thinking. There are two sides of every coin. The coin would cease to exist without the other sides. Magnetic fields would not exist without the two poles. The light would not shine without the dark to shine through, black and white. If we only had the polar opposites or the extremes with no connections in between black and white, there would be no spectrum of gray. What world would it be if outside of the rest of our colors, there was only black and white and no shades of gray? Ooh, bleak. You can look at yin and yang, how there's a dark and a light side and the circle, the collective does not exist without both parts. And if you look closely, you see that a piece of the opposing side is actually a piece of that side itself. It creates this balance, creates this, in my opinion, a magnetic field that keeps the collective, the two opposing sides together in that beautiful circle. This is not new. This, this concept has been around forever, and it's taught by a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. You've also got the masculine and feminine energy. And I'm not talking about male-female. I'm talking about the masculine energy of uh, holding and discipline and containers, containment, uh, creating solidity, and then the feminine of creativity and art and movement and dance and flow. Each of us have both of these within us. And if you look at even the masculine and feminine energies in terms of their perhaps classical external expression, uh, you'll see that the generation that we have right now actually has more overlap, more fluidity on this in the past, completely polarized scale of masculine and feminine energy. Instead of it being masculine versus feminine, we're seeing a deeper exploration of possibility here, both in terms of gender expression, gender identity, sexuality. There are so many new flavors of being right now, and everyone's going to have their opinion on that. But what I see is new possibility. No room for expansion, evolution, creativity, and new options for identity and sense of self. There's also the example of embracing both ends of the spectrum in an emotional range. So imagine how bleak the world would be if it was only love or hate and there was nothing in between. Think of all the emotional artistry, the tapestry of your emotional experience as a human. How bleak it would be, how boring. Oh, I'm either in this very high place or this very, very low place. There's nothing in between. Opposition without any connections in between the two creates no spectrum of possibility. We want a rich spectrum. And I think some people will say that the opposing forces or differences in things actually create the richness of experience sometimes. I know for me in things like my psilocybin journey or on some of the most meaningful and profound days of my life, my deepest meditations, my greatest, most transformative conversations, there was both deep challenge in them and hardship 
as well as deep beauty and happiness and peace. The further that we can stretch an emotion in one direction on the range, and the more that we can allow for that emotion to create space for and extend beyond to the other side and create a connection there, the more we're allowing for both to coexist. And to notice there's a relationship, a dynamic, a push-pull, almost like a necessity for the two to exist in order for the other one to exist. I provide all of these examples not to just uh, paint a pretty picture in your mind, but to use this as a model for our minds, for our conversations. So let's take, for example, conversations around completely opposing ideas in one area. I don't know. Let's, maybe it's political in nature. This is not a political podcast, so I'm not diving into specifics. But let's say that they are the exact opposite you of you in every way. There's an opportunity here that opens with curiosity. Even if someone is the exact opposite of you, you can still look for the connection or the similarity or the question of what is similar here? What could, what could we possibly have in common? In this instance, I might suggest that the level and depth of passion that you both have about what you are sharing with others is similar. The curiosity comes in. This is an opening, a door opening to curiosity and exploration. What might have happened in their life that made them as passionate about this topic as I am? even if in a different way. What has happened in my life that has made me so passionate about this? What do they deeply, deeply, deeply desire fundamentally at the end of the day? What do I desire fundamentally and deeply at the end of the day? Even this one extension of connection between one opposing force to the other is creating an opportunity for connection where before only separation existed. I want to go even further to illustrate how just uh, life-sucking and horrible separation is. True separation, and the more we create separation, how harmful it is. We have three primary colors, red, yellow, and blue. There are 10 million colors distinguishable by the human eye that are all a combination of 11 different colors. Can you imagine what life would be like in a world where we only had 11 colors? Where, let's say, we only had 11 ways of thinking about something, 11 options for how to exist. Take it even further. How horrible would it be if we only had the three? And now think about all the different areas in life where things have been polarized and made into opposition. And opposition, in some instances, is creating separation between groups. To cast them away, to not allow for a spectrum, for an arm reaching across the aisle, or a spectrum of color, or options, or highways, or possibilities to exist in between them. So can you imagine, truly? What life would be like in a world where we only had two ways to have a governing body? Oh, wait, we do. (laughs) 
And clearly there are limitations to this because the human mind doesn't have enough ability to hold the information of multiple, multiple, multiple different camps. And this goes back to episode one where we talk about the simplification of the ideas that is required in order to opt into them. Whenever we have so little time and resources to really give to true understanding and true discernment. So we just opt into the thing that's most closely aligned to us. But we need to remember that these are not the only possibilities. These are our primary colors. There are 10 million colors distinguishable by the human eye that create this beautiful world of ours. Which world do you want to live in? The one where you have a few primary colors to choose from and disagree with or agree with? Or the one with an entire canvas of opportunity and possibility and exploration? There are tastes, smells, frequencies, emotions. All of this that creates a rich symphony of human experience with all of our sensory inputs. And I'm suggesting that we take this and incorporate it a little bit more in applying it to the mind. The more separate and isolated we are, the less vibrant our lives are. And every time we throw a rock, whether it's a comment that's cruel and negative on someone's post or a completely dismissive threat, or general sweeping statements about someone who disagrees with us, we are further separating a connection that could have created a new color. Do you want to live on a world of a thousand tiny islands, where resources are scarce and choices are few, or do you want to live in a thriving ecosystem of connected lands? That's for you to decide. So this all kind of evolved for me and started coming to the forefront around COVID. Uh, and I'm, again, this is not a political podcast. This is not what it's about. So I'm not going to get into specifics. But there was a political camp that I was pretty ride or die with. I felt very strongly that the opposing party or the other side of the aisle was completely wrong <laughs> about everything. And I felt so much rage. Whenever I experienced COVID, there were some things that came up along the way where I thought, huh, okay, now I'm seeing that I actually don't agree with this side of the aisle as much as I used to. And there are times when it actually makes sense. I actually feel a little bit safer right now knowing that I'm not just swept away in this continuity of all same thought and that there is some sort of opposing force that's able to balance this camp of thought or these people or the leaders in that field. In these instances, when we have any of our own feelings and thoughts, that veal of perfect alignment drops. It completely shatters, it drops down, and suddenly we have that illusion of perfection and alignment and good, bad, right, wrong dropped. We don't have that moral high ground 100% of the time. If you never think differently than the camp you're in, if that veil has never dropped and it's always in perfect alignment, that is a cause for examination. That is something I would invite you to look into. How many of these thoughts were given to you and how many were generated by you? There are opportunities in me sharing this story to show that the opposition can come to save you. There can be gratitude to be found and checks and balances. In any moments when you say, oh, hey, I actually disagree with this group of people or this person that I've 
traditionally completely aligned myself with, you will find that you're grateful that there are others with different possibilities for you, with different choices. There can be gratitude found in having people think differently than you. And when you find that you don't want to live or choose or decide the way someone else that you align with wants you to, remember when you wanted others to live the way that you do. This can create a little bit more space in terms of that locked-in solid, good, bad, right, wrong, and all the emotions and sensations and actions that can come along with it. We don't want to be so consumed by the camp of thought of another that we lose our own flavor that we lose our place within the spectrum of possibility. And there are exceptions to some of the things I'm saying, if not all of the things I'm saying, because there are exceptions to everything. And it is a responsibility to be able to use nuance, context, and discernment to decide for yourself how to apply these thoughts, if at all. Nuance, context, and discernment are shades. They allow for shades and the broad range of things. They allow for richness. And we've gotten into a world where there are no shades. (laughs) You're one color or the other, die hard, all in or all out. And if you're out of the camp, you're out and nothing you say is useful. And that is a bleak world. So applying points through the lens of what is appropriate instead of expecting every useful point to have no exceptions in order to be useful is important. This is like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. If you listen to a podcast or read someone's Instagram post or read their email or listen to their speech and you think, oh, there are a few things in there that I just don't agree with. This person doesn't know what they're talking about and you throw it all out. You've just eliminated an opportunity for curiosity, for connection, for evolution, for creativity. For me, the way that I'm discerning this is I'm exempting direct harm that removes free will. And I know very well that even that definition can be stretched in a lot of different ways. So it is your responsibility to figure out where you land on that spectrum, as it is always your responsibility in every decision you make to decide where you stand. You might not have all of the information, but the echoing is that it's your decision and no one else's. The truth is that it is a lot harder to do that, to allow for a lot of different shades uh, of color, of decision, of option, of opportunity than to just choose between two or three options or a handful of options. It's hard enough to choose between, you know, five options. Imagine this entire spectrum of possibility and suddenly you're overwhelmed. So I completely understand and it makes sense back to podcast episode one, why we do this, but it's something that isn't serving us, something that we can challenge. It'll never be perfect, but it's something that we can move a little bit further away from. I do wanna acknowledge, this is important, that the pull of your triggers or what bumps up against you to judge or separate or disconnect from or throw stones at someone else can feel like your hard boundaries. So my hard boundaries are the direct harm without free will. Uh, It can actually feel sometimes like something else that is not that hard of your boundary is getting the same response from you. There is an exploration there. And this is a moment of curiosity, self-introspection. Is it truly the same thing in this instance where you feel like you want to throw a stone or pass a judgment or further separate yourself from someone, draw your islands a little bit further apart? 
Or can you actually go about your life in this situation without expecting everyone else to get on board and think the same way as you? A couple of thought experiments. Number one, as I'm thinking of throwing a stone, what is the worst thing that could happen if this person or group continues to be, think, believe, or act the way they are? Truly, what is the absolute worst that can happen? And what is the possibility of that? That's a a helpful tool to use for how discerning you should be when considering throwing a stone. Because the point of this is not to say that we're all peace and love and light and there should never be any conflict because conflict is a requirement. Again, nuance, context, discernment. Another thought experiment, and I want you to dig really curiously here. What would be the absolute worst thing that could happen? How scary could it get if everyone on earth thought felt, believed, and judged the way you do right now. How bad could it get for you? How bad could it get for the world? This requires some self-awareness and introspection, but truly allow yourself to go. This provides perspective and it provides balance. To me, that would be a bleak world. I would be like, what am I ever going to learn? What am I ever going to have some of my thoughts challenged that aren't serving me? Uh, When am I ever going to be able to make progress, explore new ideas, have different experiences, right? And let's say as a thought experiment that everyone did align with you. They might not have all the exact same thoughts and feelings, but let's say that on principle uh, and value system and the moral high ground, you're all on the same page. Even if that was absolutely true right here and now in this moment, as we go into the unknown, situations would present themselves because we do not live in a vacuum where forks in the road would appear, where new options and decisions would present themselves. And I'm willing to bet that if you have a single thought for yourself or they have any single thoughts for themselves, that you would find yourself again in this place of having to choose, align, and realign with opposing forces again. It is inescapable. So why are we stressing the fuck out about this cycle of life where there will always be opposition, there will always be challenge, there will always be polarity, even though They are different pieces of one large coin. Why are we taking the time out of our day to throw stones, leave the mean comment, tell everyone why we think so-and-so isn't doing things right, tear each other down, reduce opportunity for connection and exploring and understanding? Why are we doing that instead of trying to create a little bit more connection? a little bit more good in the world. Because I know that the judgment, the opposition feels like good. It feels like doing good. But I want to tell you why it doesn't really feel that way to me all the time. When we judge or without openness, questions, curiosity, a line of connection, separate ourselves from something, what are we really doing? This is not about removing activism, never throwing stones, never fighting, never standing up for what you believe in, because there are times, clearly, as there are exceptions with everything, where conflict arises and is necessary. Here's what I'll say. In my opinion, conflict, throwing stones, fighting, is not about annihilating the otherness of the opposing force, 
It's about collectively raising the playing field. Where we're at right now is very different than where we were at 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 50,000 years ago. For example, the governing body camps, even in the past 100 years for the United States, have previously been opposed on things like slavery and women's rights to have any say whatsoever in who governs their lives. I think we can comfortably say that we've evolved beyond that in some way. There's still a lot of problems, a lot of bad things going on. And by bad, I mean uh, bad in terms of what my boundary is, which is inflicting direct harm without free will. It's up to you to decide what your boundary is. Uh, But we are collectively rising, in my opinion. I know there's a lot of issues we have Many of them are very tragic. They are highly worth fighting for. This does not negate that. This simply opens up new lines of possibility of where we can meet, of where our boundary is at in the exploration of opinion. I do think it's fair to say that there has been a collective evolution on some level, and I think that uprising would be exponentially faster if we were to lean a bit more into curiosity, connection, and creation. And lend a little less of our time to throwing stones at what truly does not matter, like so-and-so's tank top the other week on Instagram or the way that this person was living their life. And instead, using our judgments as opportunities to find connection, to close the gap a little bit and create more of a spectrum of color in this world. I kind of think of every spectrum of color Uh, Every possibility that can be created between the emergence of two or three or five or seven or, you know, a hundred as like a new neural connection in the brain. And the more neural connections that we have, the stronger our collective brain and way of raising our human experience is. Neural connections, I can tell you this, are not made by everyone staying comfortably in their own way of thinking and defending it ruthlessly without any opportunity for exploration outside of it. It's brave. It's a courageous act to think, ooh, even though this feels so hard and they feel so different or other than me, or it feels so strong me, the judgment that I have in me, no matter how petty, doesn't matter how strong that feels that I think that what they're doing is right or wrong, there's an opportunity here to not use it as a cause for further separation, but instead to examine it within self, leave it as neutral, just let them exist without creating further separation, or to use it as an invitation to actually draw them closer to you or to create new neural pathways, new colors. When we fight, I really believe that we fight for collective change, not to conquer or put others down. That has never been what has ever happened. The opposition has never been extinguished and it never will because much of the experience that we have of things would be completely dissolved. It would no longer exist. So the question that I have is where would we be if the world was even just a little bit safer to be curious? If we allowed a little bit more space to be open, a little less judgment as an invitation to be different and to be more ourselves. Thank you so much for listening. If this sparked your curiosity at all or gave you anything that you wanted to chew on, please follow me on Instagram at AbundantlyCurious and share your thoughts there. 
If you loved this, I ask you to leave a review. And if you can think of anyone who might benefit from this exploration, please send them a link. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to be kept in the loop on new episodes like it, follow us on Instagram at Abundantly Curious or join the email list at the link in our show description and show notes. And if you've got extra love to give, which we always welcome, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, when we open our minds, we open to new possibilities.